All right, so last week, Pastor Sean started a, a new series, uh, Spirit-Filled Fruit, um, but I appreciate Pastor Sean allowing me to deviate a little bit because uh, when we schedule times for me to preach, we, we kind of do it in advance because I don't do this every week, and I can't be like Pastor Sean and, and bring a powerful message, so I need a little extra time to prepare. So we're going to deviate a little bit off the Spirit-Filled Fruit. We're going to get back to that next week, but I believe that God has laid something on my heart that is encouraging, challenging, all at the same time, and I believe that we all can, can grow and, and just the, the Holy Spirit just move in a, in a mighty way, and I'll tell you, the seed was planted really back during the 100-day dare, and, and so God began to work on my heart, and what's interesting is whenever there's a time for, for a message to be delivered or, or a service is, is coming together or something like that. If there's disruptions, I always lean into that because that tells me that the enemy is a little frightened and it wants to do what it can to possibly disrupt things. So it was interesting even last night to see how we had to move different parts from a ministry standpoint where I looked over and I saw Pastor Sean not Pastor Sean, I apologize, Pastor Aaron coming out of the drum cage. I've never seen that before. Uh, so that was uh, pretty interesting, but, but God moved in such an awesome way. I, I, I went into the service last night really just trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I went in being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and as I came out to worship, I asked the congregation, I, I said, you know what, let's just stop for a second, and let's just dwell and linger in the presence of God. And I just kind of put down the mic and I just kind of sat there for like a minute and a minute and a half. And someone came to me after service and they said, hey, I had God speak to me during that time. And he showed me something. There was a specific prayer request that I've had for a while and, and God showed me how he was gonna answer it and kind of helped paint that picture for me. And they said, your sermon was exactly the picture that God had painted. You know, when you're in the presence of God, he has a unique way of confirming things through his spirit and through his word. And so I believe through the word of God today that God wants to speak to us in a specific way to encourage us, to challenge us, and to help us grow in Christ. So last, I believe it was two weeks ago, the ladies got up here and did a take five, and they did an incredible job. And I'll be honest with you, I got a little concerned because I think Kelly Poole started it off, and I think one of her scripture texts that she used was in the book of Isaiah, and I was thinking, man, if she preaches my sermon, we're in trouble. <laughs> and fortunately, she did not. But then, Pastor Aaron, I've been talking with him about what we're going to talk about this week, and he kind of you know, laid some groundwork for Thursday prayer and he kind of spoke to the scripture that will be our scripture text tonight. But really, before we get into the book of Isaiah, I really want to set the tone. I want to set the stage. I want to make sure that there's context to what we're talking about here. And the reason that's so important, it was truly, it was reinforced more than ever with a young boy that came out of Sunday school one day. And his mom asked him, what'd you learn in Sunday school? And he said, you know what? I learned that the children of Israel were delivered from the hands of Pharaoh. And they were delivered, and so as they, Pharaoh told them to leave, they got up, the children of Israel got up the cattle, 
And they got up all their belongings and they journeyed away and they prayed to God. And he goes, but mom, I have a question. Well, what's the question? Well, if the children of Israel did all of this stuff, did the adults ever do anything? <laughs> so context is important when you're looking at the word of God in scripture, amen? All right, so we're gonna set this stage in the book of Isaiah. Here, Isaiah in chapter 40, he's speaking to the people of God. And he's trying to provide some words of comfort and some words of encouragement because they're in the place to where they have just been displaced from their homes and they have just been exiled from the temple of the Lord. And Isaiah is speaking to them when he says in Isaiah chapter 40 in verse 31, he says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. So if we take the first part of this scripture where it begins, and Isaiah speaking to them says, but they that wait, if we take that simply at face value, what do we interpret that as? Is, is we interpret that as we're just gonna sit down, we're just gonna sit back, we're gonna cross our arms and legs, and we're just gonna sit there idly. But if you go back to the original Hebrew, and Aaron spoke to this a little bit on his Thursday prayer, it comes from the Hebrew word kavah, which means to bind together, to wait with active anticipation, hopefully watching. And so Isaiah is encouraging these people that are in this very difficult season that if you but bind together with God, and wait with anticipation, hopefully watching for God to show up, it says you will renew your strength. And as much as this is to those people back then, it's a message for us today. It's because how many times do we go through life and sometimes things just get a little difficult? Things aren't always blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven just because you're a believer. But there's highs and lows to life. And there's times that we need to lean into God. We need to wait on God. We need to be bound with God, hopefully watching for him to show up so that we too can renew our strength. So Isaiah goes on to highlight three things, almost like characteristics or things that you could potentially do when you renew your strength. And he goes on to talk about how that you shall mount up like wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary you shall walk and not faint. And just me, from my perspective, and the way that my mind works is when I look at this scripture, I think practically. As I say, okay, I realize I can't run forever and not be weary, and I realize I can't walk forever and not faint. But the facts are, I can run, and I can walk, but I can't fly. And so, that's where my mind went to say, you know what? I want to know and understand what it's like to mount up like with eagles and fly. And so that's what we're going to do today. And so I've got three appeals for you today. And the first one is I want to invite each and every one of you to come fly with me. Because, see, I have made my decision. I have determined that I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to be bound with him. I'm going to look, hopefully, watching for him to show up. 
I'm going to mount up like wings as eagles, and I'm going to operate with God in a way that he knows that I can when I'm connected with him. But let me tell you, there's three kind of criteria that are required for you. It's not just as simple as, okay, Chris, I'll raise my hand, we're flying together. No, there's three things that are required of each of us, I believe, to begin that flight. And the first one's gone, we've got to be willing to leap. We've got to be willing to take that leap. And just as our foundation of a believer in Christ is built on faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Chris, I don't see how I can fly. So there's gonna have to be a level of trust that you have in God to just be willing to take that leap and to jump in. And I can sit here and I can describe all of this to try and connect all these dots and paint this picture for you. But nothing paints a picture better than what it looks like to fly and to take that leap. So watch this quick video. <laughs> so you see, church, I'm doing it. I've made the decision to take the leap. And as you can see, I'm flying. Uh, well, of course, I know we're talking about spiritual matters today, but what better way to actually present it except for when I'm actually flying? Now, say hey to my buddy, Jimmy. He's really just here to make sure that I don't fly away. Now, to get back to spiritual matters, I understand that when we fly, it's not always a smooth flight. Sometimes we go up, sometimes we go down. I mean, sometimes we even start to spin. But the thing that we can always remember is that we can always put our trust in God. Hey, even Jimmy agrees. See, when we put our trust in God, all things are possible. Did you hear me? When we put our trust in God, all things are possible. I don't think you quite got this. So let me get a little bit closer. All things are possible with God. Because see, when you take the leap and you trust in God, you know what he does? He starts to take you to new heights, to places that you never thought you could go. And when you start operating in that way, oh my goodness, you experience the supernatural. <laughs> see, here is what it looks like when you're flying and God takes over. I mean, flying becomes second nature and there's different twists and turns and, and, and those don't even hinder you. They're nothing more than a bump in your journey and you operate in a way that really you seem limitless. See, this is what God is wanting to do in your life. He's wanting you to take the leap and he's wanting you to fly. All right, so I'm not gonna lie, I had a, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, uh, I, I saw that years ago and I was thinking, I'm going incorporate to incorporate that in a sermon at some point. So uh, this just happened to work out. But again, I think the point is still relevant in the application of just participating in that exercise is when we were set to train to operate in the fly is the instructions were don't look down, look up. And the posture was to lay raise your hands and lift them out. And the posture is very similar and the approach is very similar if we're aiming to fly spiritually, is our eyes have to be on Jesus Christ and the way that we're gonna remain steadfast is to remain in that posture of worship. We've gotta be willing to take that leap. We've gotta be all in. Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. We've got to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not just part of it, not just conditional surrender, 
but we've got to be all in. And perhaps you're here today and you're going through this and you're like, Chris, I understand what you're saying and everything that you're talking about is good and beneficial, but you haven't walked a day in my shoes and you don't know what it's like. And I'm not worried about flying. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get by and I'm just trying to make it from one day to the next. Can I tell you, you don't have to wait until life quits being difficult to fly. There's going to be, as in the video, a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. But God can be with you in all of those instances, in all those circumstances. And he wants to be with you if you make that decision to fly. We all go through things. We all go through struggles. God never said we wouldn't go through stuff. He just always said that we'd never go through it alone. And God is there and God is faithful. The second thing, if you're going to come fly with me, is you got to be willing to lift. You've got to be willing to operate and remain steadfast in a form of worship and praise. What I mean by that is, how often do we go on a long road trip without first what? Making sure we got a full tank of gas. Do we go on a long hike? Let me take that back. Do the wise go on a long hike without first having water? It's important to stay in a position to where you've got fuel for the tank for the journey. And so as you make that commitment to not only take that leap, one way that you stay lifted is to lift up the name of Jesus. We read in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 where it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So many times we look at worship and praise as a physical form of what we just came out of. But worship is more than just praise. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you live, the way that you operate in life on a regular basis. And so if we're going to remain lifted, we've got to lift up the name of Jesus by the way that we operate on a daily basis. And this is echoed even in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, where it says, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. In order to stay lifted, it's important that we continue to lift up the name of Jesus. It says in Psalms, his name shall continually, his praise shall continually be in our mouth. It's critical that we operate in that way. So if you're gonna come fly with me, you gotta be willing to leap, you gotta be willing to lift, and the third thing is you've gotta be willing to let go. Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. When you let go, pretty much what you're saying is, God, I'm releasing control to you. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit guide and direct me. That's not always easy. We live in a society where we don't like to lose control of a whole lot. And we like to maintain things in a certain way, in a certain order. But can I tell you, when you let go and let God, he shows up in an incredible way and does things 
far beyond that you could ever think or imagine. We read in John chapter 14, verse 6, where it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our steps are ordered of the Lord when we let go, but how do we know which way to go? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know about you, but have you ever wandered into the wilderness or the woods or anything like that without a compass? I've been lost in the woods before, and it's the worst feeling in the world. I don't know about you, but even as we make this commitment to say, you know what? I want to fly with you, Chris, but I'm geographically challenged. I'll be the first one to raise my hands and say, so am I. I better be partnered with someone that knows the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus can provide the direction that we need to operate in. And then Psalms chapter 119 and 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as we let go, we can put our faith in God to know that he's going to order our steps or in this context, because we're flying, he's gonna take the yoke and he's gonna lead and guide us and he's gonna keep us on the right path because he is the way. And then thirdly is the word of God that pretty much is an instruction manual, that pretty much is a map and a guide for how we can operate and how we live. Yeah, it may not necessarily speak to our each individual situation, but it does provide us principles that help us to overcome, to help us operate, and to help us live out those things that life's challenges tend to throw at us. So I encourage you today, make that commitment to say, you know what, Chris, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make that decision to come fly, and I'm gonna be willing to take that leap, and I'm gonna lift up the name of Jesus so that I remain steadfast throughout that process. I'm just gonna let go and let God. And I believe some of you will make that commitment today, but I don't think that it stops there. Because I think that as I read this scripture, God began to speak to me and says, hey, I don't want it to just be come fly with me, but we also need to come fly with we. Isn't that fancy how I did that, made it rhyme? That's pretty neat, wasn't it? I know that is grammatically incorrect. But I just kind of want, for your notes, if you want to put, come fly with us, whatever. But I share that because as we're believers and as we're followers of Christ, and as we operate in a way to be flying with the Lord Jesus Christ. We see even in the book of Matthew where it talks about the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And pretty much what's being spoken here is, hey, the love of Christ that you now experience, the love of Christ that you now feel, the relationship that you now have, don't just keep it for yourself. Go out and spread the gospel and make disciples of those that are around me. Spread my good news. And the reason that's so important and so critical is because the word of God speaks that he came and died for whosoever will. 
for whosoever. So that price was paid for all of us. I'm going to keep fighting through this because he, the enemy's trying to keep me from saying what I got to say. <clears throat> and so this struck a chord with me more than ever is because me and my wife, we're here with the outreach team. We're oversee the outreach and, and missions team here at Journey Church. And I look at this scripture, and this is something that is applied on an everyday basis. Because if you apply this scripture simply at face value, what's it say? Go ye therefore. And so we do, as a church, we reach out to a lot of people here in the community and abroad. And I got to thinking about just that concept of outreach. That's what it's labeled, outreach. Is we as individuals, what we'll do is we'll go and we'll imprint and we'll share the love and we'll make impacts on Jesus. We're ambassadors for Christ, all those different things. But just in looking at that concept, what am I doing? I'm still keeping people at a safe distance. You know what? I'll touch you and I'll share the love of Christ, but I'm going to keep my bubble. I say that because I have a bubble. Don't come in my bubble. I still love you, but I don't. But that's what we do as believers is we're like, you know what? I'll make an impact for Jesus and I'll love on you, but I'm going to do it at a safe distance. And as much as applying that scripture at face value, that's what it's saying. The truth is the go ye therefore is simply a call of action. It's simply calling us to go and make an imprint on those that are around us. And I think that as I speak to this, come fly with we, it's for us to be intentional to not only reach out, but to let people in. Can I tell you that's, I'm, I'm speaking to myself on that as well, because that doesn't come easy for me. I spoke last December, and I shared a little bit about the health problems and the the physical things that we were going through as a family. And the interesting part was, right after I spoke, <clears throat> that following week, my wife and I came down with COVID. And so, with me kind of operating with a compromised immune system, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to slow down and stop my physical therapy that I'm doing, and I'm going to let my body totally focus on combating this sickness. And I'll tell you, it was a difficult season for us simply just because no one wanted to be around us. We had to isolate and all that stuff. I mean, we had to, if we ever did anything, we had to walk around and say, unclean, unclean, like biblical times. I don't know. <clears throat> but... You know, in Christmas, I think we celebrated after the new year because that just happened to be the timing of how all that happened. And truth is, is after a couple months, I noticed I was having difficulty getting up out of chairs again. And I was like, we're not doing that again. I'm not, I'm not about to go backwards. I said, God, you showed me that I, my comeback is going to be greater than my setback, and I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm going to walk in that. And so I went to God in prayer, and I said, okay, God, I need a track. I need a path to get back to where I need to get. 
And he immediately laid someone on my heart to reach out to for some accountability. He's like, you need some accountability? And, and he, he played, placed Kenny Chastain on my heart. He said, reach out to Kenny. He'll help you. And I was like, you know, God, ain't it funny how you pray and ask for God to speak and he gives you an answer and then you try and reason with him? Like, I'm going to give all these facts and he's going to look at me and go, you know what, Chris, I didn't think about that. I appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> I mean, he's God. But I did. I go, you know, God, I just don't see how this is going to work. You know, he's got a family. I know his work schedule is a little bit different than mine. And I don't know how we're going to coordinate that. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't reach out to him immediately for weeks. I kind of would go back to God. God, I'm praying. Give me some direction. God was like, I already gave you the answer. My answer ain't going to be any different. So finally one morning in my prayer time, in the middle, I grabbed out my phone. It was early in the morning. And you know how in text sometimes you can pick up a tone? I didn't reach out to him and go, hey, good morning. How you doing, buddy? I just said, hey, I'm just throwing this out there. That was my first line. I'm just throwing this out there. No good morning, anything like that. And I said, I need some accountability. I need a workout partner. Will you be willing to do it? I've taken some steps back. I just need some help. And he said, he said, yeah. So we've been working out for a little bit. And I remember going to him and kind of setting the tone of what we're going to be doing going forward, setting the calendar. And right after I reached out to him to set up that workout, God showed me the rest. And I shared with Kenny that first time we got together, I said, listen, I, there's a part of me that doesn't want to be here. I said, I know I need it. I said, but God told me to speak out and reach out to you specifically, and I'm doing it. And this is what God revealed to me. He said, as much as you're going to benefit from this workout, this workout ain't about you. He said, God told me to tell Kenny that, he wanted him to be part of my miracle and my healing. He says, I'm doing a healing, a miracle. I'm restoring you, and I want Kenny to be a part of that. See, sometimes we can think it's all about us, but God's planning people all around us on a regular basis for us to be intentional to let people in to make ourselves vulnerable. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't easy just simply because, my God, Kenny's built like Captain America. <laughs> I'm built like Captain Crunch, okay? <laughs> and I'm going in there, and he's lifting all these heavy weights, and I'm working with bands because that's just the process. Now, granted, I'm not still at that place because Kenny's mean, and he keeps... <laughs> making me go up on weight. And I'll say, didn't we just go up last week? No, it's time to go up. No, it's good. But, and Kenny, I don't know if I told you this, but Kenny's here today with his family, but he wants you to be part of this miracle because this is just the beginning. That he's got other things in store. But, 
It required me to be vulnerable and invite somebody in, and it required him just to say yes. So I believe we're one or the other here today. Is God's wanting you to look around and say, who is he wanting me to invite in so that they too can fly with me, with we? Or is God just waiting for you to say yes to an opportunity to walk into that? You know, we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 and 10, it says, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. God is not wanting us to fly alone. He's looking for opportunities for us to reach out, but also to let people in so that we can fly in numbers. And then last but not least is come fly with we. I mean, isn't that fancy again? I mean, me, we, and he. I know you may be looking at this thing, and Chris, isn't that kind of obvious? Fly with he. Who is he? Well, first of all, he is the great I am. You know, we read in John chapter 9 and verse 5, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 6, 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And then Revelations 1 and 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And I know a lot of you may be thinking, okay, well, Chris, this is, this is quite obvious. Here's why this is so important. So I went to fly on that little facility, and I got to looking at the side, and one side said, I fly. But if you go around to the other side, it said skydiving. And I got to thinking about that, and I was thinking, well, man, these, these people are kind of confused. So are they flying or are they falling? And I got to thinking about that. And it's like, you know what? The characteristics for flying and falling are almost identical. There's wind in your face, arms stretched out, butterflies in your stomach, adrenaline pumping, but when you're flying, when you're falling. And that spoke to me because sometimes we may be operating in a way where we think we're flying, but we're actually falling. Because if you're flying independent of a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're not flying with he, you're not flying, you're falling. And that spoke to me because I got to thinking, you know, some of us might be in a place where we started out flying with him, and now we're flying with others, and we're flying solo. And here we think we're fine. We've got all these characteristics that line up with flying, 
Just because you got the characteristics doesn't mean you're flying with him. And so it's a great check and balance for us as believers, as followers of Christ, to say, you know what, Chris, I'm flying. Look at all this stuff that I'm doing. Look at all these things that I participate in. If you're doing it independent of relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not flying, you're falling. And I don't share that in any sort of condemnation mindset. It's simply just to create some awareness to say, hey, God is trying to show me something so that I can get back in line and operate in the way that he's designed me to do. So you may say, okay, Chris, how can I determine if I'm flying or if I'm falling? And it really kind of goes to two characteristics. You go back for eagles, two characteristics. The original scripture in Isaiah, mount up like wings as eagles. Two characteristics of eagles. One is pound for pound, eagles' wings are stronger than airplane wings. Pound for pound. Eagles' wings are stronger than airplanes. So what do you believe they're doing? With those wings, that pound for pound, they're stronger than airplane wings, they're flying and they're soaring higher than ever before into the heavens, close to God. And then two, eagles fly into storms, not away like other birds. So the reason that speaks to us is because like we talked about before, Life has its ups and downs. Life has its twists and turns. We're going to go through different struggles, but the question is, how are you operating in the midst of the storm? Are you leaning into a relationship with Jesus Christ? The eagle is the only bird that flies into the storm. All the other birds fly away because what the eagle will do is it will use the wind of the storm to rise high and again takes it closer to God. So are you playing to your strengths in that relationship with God to bring you closer to him? And two, are you flying into the storm in a relationship with God to rise above it that draws you closer to God? So I'm going to go ahead and invite the band back up, but let me just ask you, I know normally that's a signal and a sign. You hear that, you start looking around, do I got all my stuff? Please don't disconnect and disengage just yet. Because there's one other thing that I want to make as they come up, one other point that I want to make, and I want you to catch this, and I don't want you to miss it. As I begin to prepare this message, I begin to think about it from the perspective of a plane. I don't know if many of you go out and you fly or whatever, but I begin to think about that process of flying. In the process of getting on a plane and going through the instructions and getting latched in. But there's nothing worse than to get on a plane and to taxi around the runway for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. How many other people hate that? And I feel that God showed me that there's some of us here today that we're there, we're seated, we've got the jet engines, we're ready to fly, all the criteria is there, but we're still just taxing around the airport. And again, I'm not speaking that from any sort of condemnation type of focus. I'm really trying to look at it from the angle of God has not forgotten about you and God sees you. 
And God sees exactly where you're at. And oh man, he wants to fly so much with you. And he's there to create some awareness to say, hey, you've been taxiing around the runway way too long. It's time to fly. And this is the message that I heard, the label to that mindset. If that's you, if you're taxiing around the runway, ready, prepared, equipped to fly, just waiting on you to take that leap, to make that commitment. The phrase that I heard was gradually to suddenly. Because I think even on the runway, as you taxi, you're making progress, but God has not set out to just make progress in your situation. God's calling you to soar. And he's wanting to move you from gradually to suddenly like that. And I think about the scripture where it talked about what are things in the word of God that happen suddenly? In Acts chapter two where it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Let me tell you, when you make that decision to fly, God's gonna move you from gradually to suddenly. And the Holy Spirit is gonna move in in such a way that it's going to overwhelm you. It's going to knock your socks off. It's gonna surprise you to the point where you're like, why wasn't I doing this years ago? But it all comes with you making the decision to fly. So as we stand up all over this place today and we enter back into worship, I've got one thing that I want you to think about and focus on, and that's simply to make the decision to fly. Be willing to take that leap. Be willing to say, God, I'm all in. I'm gonna operate, do whatever you want me to do. I know that you're gonna meet me, you're gonna sustain me, you're gonna help me throughout. You're gonna bring people into my life that I can let in and that I can fly with others. And God, I'm gonna make sure that I'm not falling but flying because I'm gonna stay connected with you in that relationship with you. Amen, let's worship one more time.